Thank you so much for visiting us online today. We believe God wants to speak to you through the following message. If you would like to connect with us or send us your prayer requests, visit us at kingsgatehobs.com. Jesus, an example to follow. We've been talking about the perfect example that Jesus is. Let's go to John chapter 14, verse 6. John 14, 6. And just check this out. If you have your Bible, you can read along. You can read it off the screens here. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. I don't know about you guys, but these words have always comforted my soul. If you had really known me, you would know who my Father is. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Wow, he's making some bold statements here. You've, you've, now you know him and you've seen him. And Philip said, one of his disciples, you know, leave it to his disciples. They're such a good representation of us. They're there, they're sitting, they're learning, and they still make some crazy statements. Philip said, Lord, show us the Father then, and we will be satisfied. Like, Jesus, I think Jesus just said something very similar to that. He's like, Lord, show us the Father. He's listening, but kind of, I don't know, but he's just making sure. Jesus replied, have I been with you all this time, Philip? And yet you still don't know who I am. I love that phrase, I am, because that's the phrase that God used in the Old Testament. I am. You don't know who I am is, basically? Jesus replied, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? He's saying, I am God in the flesh. It's me. This is the Father on earth. Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me, he does his work through me, all right? Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me, or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do, or of the mighty works you've seen me do. One translation leans more in that direction. So we know that if you've seen Jesus, you've seen the Father. So if you've seen Jesus' character in the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you've seen God's character, right? Let's talk about God's character for a minute. What are some of the attributes of God that you see in Jesus when you're reading through your Bible? Go ahead. Some of the characteristics of God, the good things that God is in person. He's Jesus on earth. Things that you've seen in Jesus' life, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Some attributes of God. Anybody? Characteristics. He's a healer. He's very loving. Great. Great answers. Anybody else? What, ma'am? He's a provider. Yeah, Jesus would show up. Like I love just saying this because it makes me laugh, and y'all are probably getting tired of it. But he'd show up and have a fish fry, right? Like feed thousands of people. He's a provider. He's a healer. He's loving. What else? Other attributes of God. Anything else that you've seen in Jesus? One more. Yeah, gentle. It's gentle, constant. He's very stable. He's very unchanging. He's gentle. And it's interesting because mixed in with these characteristics, he was powerful and strong at the same time. All-knowing. Yeah, Scripture says Jesus received the Spirit. He was walking in the Spirit without measure. So all nine gifts of the Holy Spirit were functioning in his time, in his daily walk, constantly. That's why, knowing their thoughts, he said unto them. You, you notice that? He, always, he would answer the crowd. Someone would go, well, why is Jesus doing that? Mentioned that on Sunday about Simon the Pharisee, right? Said, man, if Jesus knew who this woman was who's kissing his feet, um, he wouldn't be letting that sinner touch him. And Jesus is like, Simon, 
Since I came, I came into your house, you didn't greet me with a kiss, and she hasn't stopped kissing my feet. He knew people's hearts and minds. He's all-knowing. Yes, that's powerful. And this leads me right into my first point tonight. Somebody said it, basically, is no fear. He's strong. He's gentle. That, that kind of came up just now is despite who he was and how gentle and loving he was, he was fearless. I put no fear up there just so it would, I don't know, wasn't there a, a brand called No Fear? It seems, I don't know if it's cool anymore. It's probably done. Do you guys remember that brand? In high school, when I was in high school, it was like No Fear. So he didn't, what did he not fear? Well, he didn't fear people. Jesus is unparalleled in the truth that he told. He would shock people with the truth that he would tell them. Remember one time, the apostle Peter he had just confessed that Jesus was the Son of God, and Jesus gave him a big thumbs up, basically, and said, man, flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. God has shown you this. So right after that, Peter thought he could correct Jesus and go, we're not going to let you go die. And then what did Jesus do? Right away, after he complimented him, Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. Wow. Like what? He was speaking to the devil, like the devil was using Peter. But he would tell people the truth. He didn't fear people. He didn't fear crowds. How many of you, that would make you nervous if you were, even if you're not afraid of crowds? Can you imagine being in a crowd and everybody's pressing forward to touch you? That, some of y'all are like less touchy-feely than me, and I think that might freak me out. Where you're like, are they going to crush me? Are they going to stampede me? They, the crowds would press into Jesus to touch him. Scripture talks about that. Remember the woman with the issue of blood? She's like, if I can just touch, touch him. People were just getting a touch. They knew if I can touch him, something will change in my life. I, they're reaching for him. They're pulling on him. We were talking about that yesterday, I think. We had a bike giveaway a couple Christmases ago, and there was a lady. She, was, she wasn't on the list, bless her heart. And I don't think she was all there. But she was reaching out for my wife and grabbing her and pulling her and going, please, and some crazy thing. And Jen was like, Matt, come here. Matt, this lady won't leave me alone. Jen's never afraid to say, hey, you need to help cover me here. I don't know what's going on here. But can you imagine a whole crowd doing that to you? Calling out to you. There's one story of Jesus where Jesus walks by and a blind beggar says, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. There was always somebody calling out to him, assaulting his senses, reaching out for him. But he wasn't afraid of the crowds. He wasn't afraid of people. Was he afraid of situations? Mm -mm. He was preaching one time, and all of a sudden they opened the ceiling up. They opened the roof up in the house that he was in so they could let a, a paralyzed guy down there to Jesus because they couldn't get to him. It didn't even throw him off his game. He just saw their faith. So he wasn't afraid of anything. He wasn't afraid of storms either, was he? In fact, he would have slept through the storm had his disciples not awakened him. And we know that Jesus was in control because he invited them to come in the boat with me and let's cross over. He knew a storm was coming and he wasn't worried about it, but it freaked his disciples out. So he had no fear. Look at this. Let's go to Mark 5, verse 1. Can you imagine this right here? They arrived at the other side of the lake, right? In the region of the Gerasenes. We've, we've been in that region. It was crazy. We were in the boat ride across Galilee and the tour guide goes right over there. That's where the Gerasenes were. 
When Jesus climbed out of the boat, a man possessed by an evil spirit came out from a cemetery to meet him. Would that freak you out? Somebody's stumbling out of a graveyard to meet you. And he looks like, like maybe he had been dead. Okay, So this man lived among the burial caves, and he could no longer be restrained even with a chain. He would break chains. He was so strong because he was so full of demons. Whenever he was put into chains and shackles, as he often was, he snapped the chains from his wrists and smashed the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. He was full of demons. Day and night he wandered among the burial caves and in the hills, howling and cutting himself with sharp stones. Would that freak you out? Can you imagine you're met on the shore? I don't know exactly how he greeted Jesus, but we're going to get into some more of this. We don't know what, what all was going through this guy's mind. The demons were prov- provoking him and pushing him. This guy's, can you imagine howling at night? Howling like an animal. That's the word that's used. That might freak me out. I'm not just a fearful person. I don't watch scary movies because I don't want the spirit of fear on me. But a demon-possessed guy, he's probably not even fully clothed. He's running up on Jesus now. They're coming up in the boat, and he's running up. This guy's been cutting himself and howling and breaking chains, and he hangs out in the cemetery. Is that weird to y'all? Okay, that's weird to me. When Jesus was still some distance away, the man saw him, ran to meet him. Wow, the guy's doing something right. He saw him and then ran to meet him and bowed low before him. Interesting. With a shriek, though, he screamed. The demons are speaking through him. Why are you interfering with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Demons know who Jesus is. In the name of God, he even used God's name. Isn't that weird? In the name of God, I beg you, don't torture me. Strange. Jesus had already said to the spirit, come out of the man, you evil spirit. So quite a, quite a spooky scenario there. And Jesus, what did he do? He confronted it head on. The guy's running up to him. He's like, demon, come out of him right now. Come out of the man, you evil spirit. That's pretty creepy, and he went right into it. Jesus was not afraid of anything. That is one of the attributes of God. Why does he tell us to have no fear in the Bible at least 365 times? Because God himself is fearless. Jesus was fearless. He confronted situations, people, storms, unafraid, unafraid. We'll probably talk a little bit more about this on Sunday as I tie it into another point. So that's my first point tonight. Second point. I like this about Jesus. He's a great example to follow, full of integrity. Jesus did the right thing all the time. Did the right thing all the time. He paid his taxes. Look at this verse. Let's go to Mark 1.21. Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came... He went into the synagogue and began to teach. Another verse says, as was his custom, he was in the synagogue. So what does that mean? Jesus, God in the flesh, went to church. That's a good example, huh? We have people all the time, you guys have heard them, huh? You talk to people on the streets or family, and they go, I don't have to go to church to worship God. I can do it right here. What's odd is most of the people who say that, they're not at home worshiping God either. They just say that because they're just being rebellious. I remember a dude going, man, I don't have to go into a building made with hands. I mean, we are God's people, I remember. And I'm like, why are you so stuck on that? He was always talking about that in college. Oh, we, we don't have to get into a building and gather. But I'm like, you don't ever talk to God, though, on your own. Come on, man. But Jesus, he attended church. He paid taxes. You know the story of, of someone asking Peter, does your master pay taxes? He said, yes, he does. 
And then the Lord speaks to Peter and says, look, so we don't offend anyone. We need to pay the tax. Go and catch a fish. The first fish you catch, you open it, and you'll have the coin you need to pay the taxes. So Jesus paid taxes. <laughs> Pretty amazing. I like this about Jesus. This is some good integrity. Did you notice, according to Scripture, women were always hanging around near Jesus? Did y'all ever notice that? He was a special man. Let's talk about that for a minute. He must have been very attractive with the Spirit of God on him without measure, and he's God in the flesh. Now, I don't know about physically attractive. I don't know, because there's conflicting arguments on that based upon what Isaiah said about him. Because Isaiah said, there's nothing that would attract us to him. There was nothing comely about him. Now, I don't know if that was after he was beaten, or I don't know if he was just a real common-looking guy, just not good-looking. I don't know. But can you imagine how attractive God is in his anointing? He had a flock of women supporting him and following him around. He was always dealing with women. There's one account. How true this is, I don't know. I believe it's been historically verified through different sources, and it's called the Archco volume. And it's basically some ancient documents were discovered, and there were people that came in after Jesus had died and resurrected, came in, different teachers and Pharisees and different interviewers, they came in and talked to some of the women who were around Jesus and asked them questions basically pertaining to this. Asked Jesus, how was he with you? And according to Scripture, we see how respectful he was with women, but even this arch code document, it verifies and justifies the fact that we know to be true, and that was that Jesus was perfectly pure with women. None of this Da Vinci Code stuff. That he was with Mary Magdalene or some crazy stuff. What a, what a big lie to detract from who God is. He wasn't here for any of that. That was his creation. He, he, God's not like that, okay? He's not a perverted God. But, and he's not a, a regular man. Napoleon said this of Jesus. He said, I know men. You guys ever heard of Napoleon, the great leader from France? Took, a, took over just about, or conquered just about all of Europe. He said, I know men. And Jesus was no regular man. Something about Jesus. So we know that he respected women. And re in reading this Archco document, or parts of it, I didn't read all of it, it was interesting to note how much Jesus respected women, never made passes at them. Of course, we knew that, but there's other documents that would even, even attest to the fact. And he was alone a lot. How about the woman at the well? He wasn't hitting on her. All he cared about was leading her to himself, to God. And he was concerned about that Samaritan village, huh? She showed up and he respected her. I bet it threw her off. Because Scripture says she'd, she'd been through a lot of men. She'd had a rough life. And Jesus knew that and he loved her and he still respected her. He treated women with respect. He treated men with respect. He treated people with kindness. Some of you said that. He was kind and loving. He was gentle. So he paid taxes. He attended church. He respected women. He kept his word. You notice that in Scripture. Jesus kept his word. He was always operating in integrity, whether people were watching or not. Such a perfect example to follow. Look at point three tonight. He served the underprivileged. I love this about Jesus. I love this about him. Scripture says that Judas was the treasurer for the disciples. You've noticed that verse before? And they would collect money for the poor. Because somebody even said, hey, man, that, that perfume she's wasting on, on you, Lord, I mean, that could have been sold and, and used, used for the poor. 
So the guy's motives were wrong, right? Not that he cared for the poor, Scripture says. It's because he, he carried the bag and he was a thief, all right? He had open doors and problems, oh, Mr. Judas. But we do know, we do know that Jesus took a collection for the poor. They would help the poor. I love how Jesus dealt with the woman with the issue of blood also. Scripture says that there was an issue of blood in her body, and according to the Old Testament law, if a woman had an issue of blood that way, she was unclean. And we know that she was most likely, almost certainly, she was rejected even by her family because they couldn't even give her a way to be married if she had that physical problem. She couldn't even enter into the temple. So she reaches out and touches him, and she's unclean, but by touching the perfectly clean Son of God, she became clean and healed. You know the story. So that's amazing to me how he served the underprivileged. And he wanted to know who touched him because he knew it was some special story there for someone to reach out and touch him. Scripture says he perceived that power had gone out of him. He's always dealing with the underprivileged, the rejected, the hurt. He went to where the sick and the diseased were. <laughs> Let's go to Mark 1.34. I love this verse. So Jesus healed many people who were sick with various diseases. And he cast out many demons. Now, I'm going to be honest with you tonight. As a pastor and just being a human and living or working here, and I used to live on this side of town, a lot of traffic passes through here, not just vehicles. I've had people show up on Sunday mornings that you may never have to talk to, and they were, they were completely out of their minds. Show up in the morning on a Sunday asking for a tithe envelope or asking for something, and I'll be honest with you, there's been times where they were so off that I was, I was being careful, you know what I mean? I was backing up and kind of keeping, keeping my arms ready in case I had to defend myself. Or even thinking at times, man, this dude is making no sense. He's not even hearing me. He's, he's hard to even speak to about Jesus because he's crazy. He's not all there. But what's amazing about Jesus is he dealt with everybody. He cast demons out of people that were acting crazy and they weren't all there. And he was always available. He was not afraid to serve the underprivileged. And I'll be honest with you, there's times, man, where I just feel God's anointing and I just feel charitable and I am in it. But there's other times I'm like, man, I'm having a deal with you and I don't know if you're safe. Not that I'm just scared of them, but I'm like, what are you doing? Are you? Okay, maybe I have been scared before. Because <laughs> I'm like, man, I don't know you and you're... And the stuff, one guy came in here one time, and you know what he was telling me? He said, he said the government had abducted him and put implants behind his eyes to spy on people and to spy on him. Now, tech, uh, scientifically, technologically, maybe that's possible, but the, some of the other stuff the guy had been, was saying, I'm going to be honest with you, I didn't want to deal with him. I treated him kindly, and I, I walked in love with him. But God knows my heart. I wanted to do right, but, man, I wasn't Jesus in that situation because I'm like, man, I'll be glad when you leave because you don't make no sense. You're not hearing me. You're talking over me, and you're crazy. But Jesus dealt with every kind of person wherever they were at. He did it with kindness, with patience. He was unrelenting. He was available. Man, I'm not Jesus, but I sure want to be more like Jesus, and that's why he's a perfect example to follow. He always served the underprivileged, always. And number four tonight, Jesus knew communication timing. I mentioned this briefly on Sunday. 
There were times he didn't say a word. There were times he just didn't, he didn't have anything to say. He didn't have to fill the air with useless words or ill-timed words. Because sometimes there's a time to be quiet, and he understood that. But when he did speak, he spoke truth at the exact right time, didn't he? Remember the woman at the well? The demon-possessed man that came to him at the shore that we just talked about? He spoke truth. He cast the demon out. He spoke. He spoke at the right time. Have you ever met somebody who feels the, who fills the air with just words? They can't do silence? I've had that before. On a trip, I remember I'd pick up men of God from the airport back in the day before I was pastoring. And I learned, and I'm a talker, but I learned that some of these guys are tired from their flight. They don't want to talk. Good men of God, too. Decent, Christ-like men of God. And they would answer you, and they would talk the whole way back if you wanted, because we'd have to go. It was before we had flights out of Hobbs. And, man, I learned years ago, I was like, if they're not talking, I'm not going to give them a hard time and keep pressing them and questioning them and trying to get them to talk. It's time to be quiet. And sometimes we'd drive for 30, 40 minutes. I've had people in a car with me, an hour, not a word. It's okay. Now, I'll be honest with you guys, I'm not the greatest at that. I've gotten better at it over the years, but Jesus was really good at it. Can you imagine when he's brought before Pilate and he's just not answering and not saying anything? We would have been screaming, going, I'm innocent. Y'all fools, man. God's going to wipe y'all out. I didn't do anything wrong. I'm without sin. Jesus was quiet. Like a lamb to the slaughter. Mute. There's some points he didn't even say anything. And Pilate said, you're not answering me? Don't you know it's in my power to keep you, to make you dead or leave you alive? And you know what Jesus' answer was finally? He said, you wouldn't have that power unless it was given to you from above. The perfect response at the perfect time. The guy's like, I need to get rid of him. I need to release him. He always had a perfect response at the right time. Go and sin no more. Sometimes Jesus would answer questions with questions. I remember my history teacher in ninth grade, my first high school history teacher, world history, Coach Ellis. Good dude. You knew, you knew who Coach Ellis was? Man, good, good man. I loved him so much. He knew his Bible, knew history. But he said, you see that, it was funny because he brought this up one time. He said, you see, Jesus got in trouble with a lot of people for a lot of reasons. He said, I'm not going to get into the religion of it. He said, but can you imagine a guy answering people's questions with questions all the time? He said, that would frustrate them. And Jesus did. He knew when to do it. He knew how to do it. He knew why to do it. They'd ask him a question. He'd go, let me ask, let me ask you this. And he'd make people think about their question. That's just like God. He knew the answer, but he's questioning them to put them on the spot, get them to speak the truth. He was always well-timed. Always. So an example to follow is this. Jesus was fearless. He was a man of integrity. He served the underprivileged. And he knew communication timing always.